Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in, Tuesday edition of the program. So glad to be with you today. And of course, we've got a win for Indiana to talk about, but pretty ugly basketball at a great venue for basketball in a great week for basketball, Feast Week and Thanksgiving Week. Indiana does get a win over rival Louisville. I guess you could call it a rival. They never play, but uh, an important game for Indiana, a great victory for Indiana, as crazy as that might sound. But some ugly, ugly basketball played, and we're going to talk about that here in just a few moments. But um, I'm going to start with positives today before we get into so many negatives with this IU basketball team and program here early in the season. It's a great day across the state. There is a loaded schedule of high school basketball across Indiana tonight. And if you're a hoops person like me, and I know so many of you love the game, love the game at the high school level, there are a lot of games tonight. Silver Creek Floyd Central is a good local game. We'll talk about some of the other local games a little later in the program today. But just uh, glad to see high school basketball return, and it couldn't happen on a better week. Thanksgiving, college hoops, crazy Maui Invitational, uh, and now you got high school stuff to add to the mix. It's a really, really great day. So that is good news. There's no question about that. And of course, Thanksgiving week, we will have a show on Wednesday, and that'll do it for us for the week. We'll be out Thursday and Friday for the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, other things to talk about today, well, I guess there's some recruiting stuff we'll get to. We also need to catch up on some IU football things as well. And let's look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, more on Indiana and Louisville and Justin Kalen, the producer of this show, and other important roles here at the Big X is going to join me in segment number one to talk about the game last night. And we'll look at the high school schedule tonight and later in the show. It's Wednesday, Tuesday, excuse me. So Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will be with us here in just a bit to talk IU basketball and recap things last night as well. And uh, later in the hour, I thought it was fitting to have a high school basketball coach on this day with the season officially getting underway this week. Sharon Wilkerson, former IU player, Jeffersonville coach. The Red Devils should be really good this season. Uh, He will join us here in segment number three today. And uh, speaking of Jeff, they've got a big one on Saturday as they take on Indianapolis Cathedral. So we'll find out a lot about, I think, both of our teams that I'm really intrigued by 
Providence and Jeff this weekend, this Saturday, with Jeff taking on Cathedral and Providence uh, playing at Brownstown Central, which will be a great game and should be a great crowd as well. So those will be two early season games. I don't want to say defining early season games because a lot can happen and a lot can change, but we uh, will have a big weekend of high school basketball coming up, uh, that's for sure. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out Honey Baked Tam for a delicious lunch. They've got great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily, and they will surely satisfy any craving you have. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Tam in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Thornton's text line is open. 502-414-1450, 502-414-1450. Yesterday we had, I don't know, five, six, seven texts to the text line that I thought were really good about IU basketball. They brought out some serious issues, raised some good questions about the team this season. So love to hear for you. 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today, grab a fountain drink from Thornton's, and shoot us a text on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Let's get into our Hoosier uh, headlines segment and uh, talk a little of the headlines today, which obviously include a lot from last night's Indiana and Louisville game. Justin Kalen, producer, uh, with us for this segment. Justin, big game, big stage. I love Indiana and Louisville. I wish it was a regular matchup between the two storied programs. Louisville has had a lot of struggles this year, a lot of rumblings about Coach Kenny Payne. IU, nothing at that level, but definitely has had some struggles. But my takeaway from yesterday uh, is, wow, what an ugly basketball game. Yeah, no doubt about it. And that's really, when I was watching the the semifinal games on Sunday, I was actively rooting for Louisville to win that game because, in my opinion, the risk-reward with Louisville wasn't as high as playing a Texas in that game yesterday, whereas if you would have lost that game to Louisville, that, that could have been big trouble for your squad. So fortunately, and, and I said it all night last night, we avoided the embarrassment from getting beat by Louisville. So at the end of the day, yeah, it was ugly. It wasn't what we wanted to see from this team last night. But they got the win, and that's really all you can do moving forward is just continue to try to win games. I don't At this point, I don't really care how they look. Yeah, I agree. And a win over Louisville is, is an important win, but mm -hmm. um, good take on the Louisville-Texas game from the first day of the Empire Classic. Uh, Justin, I, I, don't, we, I don't think we've talked on air. I'm not even sure we've talked off air about this, but uh, IU, it's just a strange makeup. Uh, so much talent on the team. Uh, there have been some shining moments for a handful of players on the roster, and then there have been some other players. Of course, Mbako has been the key negative takeaway, I think, from a lot of these games. There have been some players like him that you just don't know what to expect or what you're not getting so far. Um, it's been just a weird start to the season. Do you agree with that? 
Oh yeah, no, absolutely. There's the Mbako situation for sure is just I mean, it's to the point now where it's almost out of control. The guy played nine minutes yesterday against a paltry Louisville team and he just he's so lost out there defensively. Offensively, I think he's done some decent things, but defensively he's just he has no idea what's going on, and that it continues to hurt the Hoosiers in every single game that they play. But it's not all been negative things, Matt. I mean, I could also turn to CJ Gunn, who I haven't been crazy about this year in his production, but you you do get good production from time to time. And, and one of those guys, I think, in the game yesterday, Anthony Walker, I mean, you're not expecting him to come in and score 11 points for Indiana. So the fact that you got a performance like that from him, it is encouraging moving forward that, hey, maybe let's take a step back, take another glance at Anthony Walker. Could he be one of the big pieces for the team? So that's kind of still what I'm, I'm struggling through. Who's going to be the big pieces for this team? Who's the guys that we can rely on? on I'd like to think by the time the end of the year comes it could be a five-star in McKenzie Mbako but with what we've seen with him so far you, you just never know so yeah I'm just kind of looking at this team still through the lenses of who's going to be the guy who's going to be the guys that we can lean on and I think we found that out a little bit with Xavier Johnson, Kalel Ware, Malik Renew all those guys are going to be big pieces for Indiana this season but it's almost to the point we need to get those guys the ball more we're, we're trying to spread everything out offensively whereas let's just give those guys the ball and see what happens yeah i agree there's a text on the text line and i'll get to it with uh, mike schumann in the next segment but the gist of it is a question what do you think about starting walker instead of Mbako? um i, I think it's probably a no-brainer at this point mm-hmm. right i mean you mentioned you kind of summarized Mbako's day yesterday it was lackluster he didn't get a lot of minutes things don't seem to be resonating with him I don't know we don't know what's going on in the locker room although I do want to talk about the locker room here in just a moment but uh, I, I don't know that you can move forward much longer with Mbako in the starting lineup which I know is concerning because he comes in with oodles of talent yeah, and, and that's really it. You can't give him the start just because he's the five-star. He's the big fish on campus. He's the guy that Indiana wanted so badly when he decommitted from Duke. You cannot reward him with a start just for that reason. So you, you've got to start seeing some positive things out of him. And like I said, o- offensively, I think his game will come around. But defensively, he has got to find a way to figure out what the defensive scheme is because at this point he's just running around doesn't really understand what's going on defensively there's so many times in every game this season where his guy winds up wide open in the corner for an open three and it's like he's he's standing in the middle of the paint Mbako where were you at you know so yeah he's he's definitely got to be one of those guys that gets better as the season goes on I don't want to say that I'm losing faith in that happening at this point but it's time time's getting slim yeah, yeah, the Mbako thing is not good, and it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens. A couple games ago, I still would have bet a lot of money that Mbako would go on to have a tremendous freshman season, but it's just a look. It's just a lack of effort. It's almost like some sort of disconnect, or mm-hmm. maybe, I don't know, it just it's really strange. So I, I'm to the point where while the talent is there and while um, these recruiting guys do miss, I know some people are ready to say all the recruiting guys and those that watch him, they didn't know anything that they were talking about. Uh, I don't know that I believe that. I think he's still a guy with some potential. Jeff Rabjohn summarized it pretty well last week here on this very show, I thought. But uh, there's some interesting things with this team. Justin, I also want to bring up the backcourt in general. Um, maybe a little better yesterday against Louisville, but what's going on there? Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's been another concerning issue. Is And most specifically with Trey Galloway, he's just had so many – 
boneheaded plays this year were, that we haven't seen out of Trey Galloway. So I don't know if it was him being one of the leaders on this show now or on this team now where he feels so much pressure to make plays, but he's just – it seems like he's do, trying to do too much. But the backcourt overall, I, I love the backcourt. I love the combination of Xavier Johnson, Trey Galloway, the guys that have been with this team forever. They know what Mike Woodson expects from a coaching standpoint. So they can really be those leaders and kind of disperse that information and knowledge down to the younger guys. But it, you're going to have to have more than just those two. I brought up C.J. Gunn in passing moments ago, and – He's just got to play better than he has. He's, I think I saw a stat the other night in his career. I'm, now I'm sure it's changed since since that UConn game, but he's two of 27 from three in his in his Indiana career. That is unacceptable. C.J. Gunn was recruited to be a shooter and scorer for Indiana. So the fact that he has still not got to that level and confidence in his game to be able to knock down those shots, that is concerning. And he he's one of those backup guys. But then you've got Gabe Cups who. I think Gabe has shown a lot of nice things this season as well. Now, he's never going to be the guy, at least this year, that's putting up big scoring numbers. He's not going to have a Reed Shepard at Kentucky type of game, I don't believe, this season. But he is a nice, calming presence. The coach's kid. He he has a high basketball IQ. It seems like he really has an understanding of what's going out on out there on the floor. And I really have liked Gabe Cups this year because not only is he doing the right things on the floor, trying to make the right plays, but he is talking to his teammates. He is actively letting them know after plays, hey, here's what you should have done. Here's where you should have should have been. So I really like that out of Gabe. So I, I'm hoping that that can continue to advance as the season goes along. And yeah, like I said, just Xavier and Trey Galloway have got to do better from the leadership position and letting the rest of the backcourt know exactly what's going on, where they need to be, and how they need to do it. Thornton's text line is open, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. We'll get to some of your text here in just a bit. Justin, I don't know if you saw this or not. This is one of the things I had written down here for the headline segment, but Victor Oladipo went into the IU locker room after the game. He was there at Madison Square Garden yesterday, and I don't know if he had talked with Coach Woodson before or if it just was an impromptu thing, but IU uh, social media put out a video of him, you know, talking to the players with Coach Woodson by his side. And, you know, he didn't say maybe some of the things you expect him to say about basketball or on the court. His talk was mainly about off the court and being together and what IU means for your future and how it's a little different than a lot of other uh, basketball programs out there because of the tra tradition and because of the rabid fans. Fans and and some of those things but it was uh, like he was trying to wake a couple guys up in the rooms whether that was coordinated or not uh, probably very much appreciated by coach Woodson and the coaching staff yeah I actually just checked out that video less than 20 minutes ago and I had seen it floating around on social media all morning but hadn't clicked on to watch it but I, I did check it out and I loved hearing what Oladipo had to say and yeah Oladipo didn't play for Mike Woodson but the fact that he was a number two pick in the NBA draft is just that's a massive guy to have in your locker room and these guys have grown up they've watched Oladipo in the NBA they've they've seen what he did at IU I, I would I would hope that they've seen what he did at IU but yeah a lot of the stuff he said was exactly exactly what you feel like he needed to say about the no names on the back of the jersey still, candy striped pants, nobody else in the country does it. So just go out there and represent Indiana and, and do that to the best of your abilities. So hopefully by Oladipo coming in the locker room yesterday, he kind of lit a fire under this team and let them know like, hey, 
you can be something great. You've just got to start believing in yourself, believe in your teammates, and more importantly, just put on a good display while you're wearing an Indiana basketball uniform. All right, talking with Justin Kalen. He's the producer of this show. Justin, a couple other quick things to talk about. Thanksgiving, uh, what a great week for basketball. Mm-hmm. But what is your uh, favorite Thanksgiving food? Ooh, that is a great question. I, I actually had a Thanksgiving at my mom's on Saturday. And I will tell you, Matt, I, I might get lambasted for this, but I think Thanksgiving dessert is by far the most overrated dessert of all the holidays. But if I'm to pick an, an actual food from Thanksgiving, a lot of people are going to say the turkey and the sides and all that. I'm a big ham guy. Anytime I go to a Thanksgiving meal and there's ham as opposed to turkey, yeah, sign me up. <laughs> Justin Kalen, thank you for jumping on with me of course. here in the opening segment. High school basketball is here as well. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Best time of the year. Can't wait. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I want to get to the Thornton's text line. Uh, some interesting text to get to. Uh, texter says, I like our front court focus but we can't win very many games without hitting or defending the three. IU equals 15 threes, and opponents equal 49 threes. That is definitely an eye-catching stat, that is for sure. Uh, Another texter on the Thornton's text line, one for 11 on threes. It really doesn't get any worse. I can't believe they won, honestly, less than 10% from three-point range. Thank you, Texter. Uh, yes, agree with you. Also, Texter says this is a good one here, or an interesting one. It uh, seemed to me that the best guard named Johnson on the floor last night most certainly wore a Louisville uniform. So there you go. It uh, was an ugly game for sure. Uh, and a couple other things and some questions we'll get to here with Mike Schumann a little bit later in the program tonight. High school basketball in the area tonight. I wanted to get into the entire schedule. We're a little behind, but one game I'll be checking out is Silver Creek uh, hosting Floyd Central. 7.30 varsity game tonight. Really curious about the Dragons. They've had some tremendous years. Last year, a little different than some of the previous, uh, just a 500 Silver Creek ball club. But, boy, they've got some young talent, including some young talent that's beginning to enter the high school grades once again. So a young Silver Creek team, interesting to watch. Floyd Central, new coach Fonzo White. Really curious what the Highlanders uh, can put together after a tough year last season. Seven wins, 16 losses for the Highlanders, really an up-and-down season. So that's an early season game that's got a rival feel to it, definitely a meaningful game. So if you're looking for a Tuesday night game to check out, I would suggest Floyd Central and Silver Creek should be a good one tonight. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Send in your text, questions, comments. You can sound off on IU Basketball. 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for... All the small schools never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison.
We're back on this Tuesday program. Happy Thanksgiving to all the listeners and uh, appreciate you guys. This show has been around for a long time now, thanks to your great support. And uh, love to hear from you on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450, We've got some questions I've been saving for Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, who is with us in this segment. And Mike, before we recap New York, that trip and last uh, night's game or yesterday afternoon's game, um, it doesn't really get much easier for Indiana. They do come home and take on Harvard uh, coming up here in a few days after Thanksgiving. I haven't looked up Harvard to know where they're at in the mid-major college basketball uh, world this year. But right after that, December 1st and December 5th, two Big Ten games, Maryland at home, Michigan on the road. It gets no easier for the Hoosiers who are still struggling to find their way. Yeah, there, there's just no doubt about it. This next five games is going to be a major test for Indiana. And just to, to give you and your listeners a bit of insight on Harvard, because I was just looking it up, they are number 16 in the country shooting 41% from three. So I think that probably tells you all you need to know <laughs> in terms of what they're about and, and what the challenge is going to be for Indiana in that game, because it's it's squarely the, the challenge that they've been dealing with for most of the season, defending the three-point arc, especially against the smaller, quicker, mid-major type teams. So, so yeah, that's going to be a major test. Um, but then, yeah, you, you get into the Big Ten right right after that. Um, you know, Maryland and Michigan, two, two teams that, you know, are probably kind of those second-tier, middle-of-the-pack type teams that you'd probably put Indiana into that conversation just because, you know, beyond Purdue and to a lesser extent Michigan State, most of the teams are in that second tier at this point in time. So, you know, two two games that you look at and think, you know, if you're right, uh, you, you, you can pull out a couple early season wins, but certainly nothing that's going to be in any way, shape, or form easy as we've seen so far with IU. Not, nothing appears that, that it's going to be easy all year. They're going to have us all pulling out our hair by the end of the season. Uh, Mike Schumann, The Daily Hoosier. Lots of questions for you I have, and I think our listeners do as well. Texter on the text line says, what do you think of maybe starting Walker instead of Mbako? Mbako seems slow, unathletic, and a poor ball handler. Do you think Mbako should be moved to the four spot? I'm headed to a conversation here with you about McKenzie Mbako, so let's start with uh, that uh, Texter's questions. Your thoughts there on Walker starting, your thoughts on Mbako in general? I mean, I'm guessing if if people had asked that question before the Louisville game, they would have thought that's a crazy question to, to think about starting Walker because I, I thought he looked pretty bad in the UConn game and hasn't had a major impact. But, you know, he was one of several on the bench last night that you know just had a major contribution. I'm not sure that I would go so far as to say he should start, but he, he definitely changed my mind a little bit about what he's capable of. I, I do think Mbako's natural position is clearly the four. I mean, I know that was something we we all talked about and wondered about coming into the season. You know, could he play the three? Because that's where IU's real need was, was for him or Banks or somebody to play the three and do so effectively. But you can just tell by the way uh, Mbako moves, by the the way he's, you know, not not accustomed to defending the perimeter as much. Um, he, he's just a natural four, probably a pretty perfect stretch four if he can start making 
threes. But but the challenge I think for Indiana right now is you know far and away their two most impactful players are Khalil Ware and Malik Renew. And even though they may not be you know fully complementary players on the court because you know in my opinion they're both centers. Um, you you can't really take either one of them off the court uh, to to any great extent. You know we all saw how well and impactful Malik Renew was in both of those games in New York, and so you're you're kind of left with you know if you're playing McKenzie and Baco, you know by and large he's got to play the three, so he's got to figure it out. Talking with Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, IU basketball. And the win over Louisville, the topic right now, really the general performance of this team in New York, the topic that we're going through right now. Other things from the game yesterday specifically, it was, I thought, overall a fairly ugly basketball game. But Xavier Johnson did step up, as you would expect a guy with his experience to do. He didn't have the foul problems that he had against uh, the the, uh, Connecticut in the first game, and he really helped lead Indiana down the stretch to a victory. Yeah, he did. I mean, I, I kind of want to give him the benefit of the doubt in the UConn game because he was clearly coming off of some kind of injury, um, probably still dealing with it. You know, we don't know the extent of it. He didn't seem like he was impacted the way he was moving, but you never know at a micro level. And then you're asking him to, to go up against, you know, one of the top five teams in the country, obviously. So even even at a very you know small level on the margin, he could have been impacted in that game. It could have been why he got in early foul trouble because his body just wasn't responding in a way that he needed it to to, to you know do what he's accustomed to doing against talent of that level. Um, I did think he stepped up in a meaningful way against Louisville. The the thing with Xavier Johnson right now for me is like he has these flashes where you think like, man, he's the best player on the court. He, he's first team all Big Ten. And then five minutes later, you're like, where's he at? Or why is he doing that? Or it's just it's just a roller coaster. And I, I think at this point, you know, look, the guy's in a sixth year of college basketball. I think that's just kind of who he is. And, and fans are going to just have to accept that, you know, you know, this I, I'm sure he will have games. Like I, I think back to, to last year before he got hurt, he had, you know, great games against Xavier in North Carolina. I'm sure he'll get back to that once his rhythm is fully uh, back. Um, you know, another hiccup with whatever injury he had. But um, I, I think it's just going to be that kind of up and down with him because that's just kind of who Xavier Johnson is at this point. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, talking about Indiana's 74-66 win over Louisville last night. Um, also from the game yesterday, uh, I guess – Maybe uh, let's talk about the New York trip in general. Renew and also uh, Kellel Ware both were solid for Indiana. I, I guess Indiana fans are going to have to come to, and Mike Woodson, I should say, is going to have to come to rely on both of those guys to help lead the way for this team because so far they have been, I think, the two bright spots for sure. Yeah, yeah, they really are. I mean, I, although I will say, you know, I, one of the things I wondered about that that UConn game going in, you know, Kellel Ware was posting – ridiculous stats from two point range. He was shooting near 80% from two. And you, you just wondered how well that would hold up when he went up against elite length and athleticism like UConn obviously had. And I think he was old six from two in that game. So, you know, he, he's far from being perfect, um, but he's also very clearly a major cog in, in what Indiana's trying to do. Um, he's proven to be a really good rim protector, 
Um, I, I thought that he responded well last night to uh, to Woodson kind of getting into him a little bit, challenging him for his effort and energy level against UConn. I think I think we maybe saw a little bit in the UConn game of what people were saying about him last year, where things aren't going well or people get physical with him. He kind of you know retracts a little bit, and I think Woodson recognized that right away to his credit and got into him. And I and I thought he responded really well uh, yesterday from a physicality and aggressiveness standpoint. Um, and, you know, I think that my instinct is, you know, to not want Indiana to play renew and wear together on the floor. Cause like I said earlier, I just don't think that they're complementary players. They're both centers in, in my estimation, but, but I just don't think they have any choice. I mean, you just saw how, uh, Renew just dominated the last eight minutes of that game yesterday, and, and we've seen where dominate at times as well. I think Indiana is doing as best they can to keep the four spaced. I, they're not doing a heck of a lot of like the high post, low post stuff. A lot of times they've either got Renew or where out beyond the arc, and they're focusing on you know posting one or the other of them up, but you know not clogging the paint with both of them. I think the bigger challenge might be that not only do they have the two bigs, but they also have Xavier Johnson and Trey Galloway, who who both of their strengths is getting to the rim, attacking off the bounce. And so, so there's four players right there that, you know, the strength of their offensive game is the paint. And so that just naturally doesn't, you know, avail itself to good spacing that the, the 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 answer to that is to have players like McKenzie and Baco and CJ Gon and Galloway make threes and, and that's what we're not seeing at all right now. So that that's if there's an overarching concern with this team, that is by far and away it right now. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. You can read his work at thedailyhoosier.com and follow him on social media at daily underscore Hoosier. Mike, how nice would it be to see IU and Louisville on the schedule? I know with the new world of college basketball and all the non-conference opportunities out there, it's uh, hard to commit too many games to one-off rivalries and everybody happy that IU-Kentucky is coming back. But would sure love to see IU-Louisville, not just in basketball. I would love to see it in men's and women's basketball, but also football and other sports. Yeah, it seems like we're we're moving the other way. <laughs> Clearly, in football, with IU actively canceling game games in that series, so don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. But I know uh, Mike Woodson said, I think it was a year ago, that he and Kenny Payne had been talking about renewing a series there, and um, I think Payne wanted a little bit more time to, to kind of get things up up and running at the time. It'll be interesting though because. Much like the challenge that that IU faces on the football front, you know, the Big Ten is just continuing to expand not only the number of teams, but, you know, it sounds like they're going to expand the number of conference games, um, you know, maybe 20, 22 games, maybe even more than that. Uh, when, when they bring in all the four new teams next year, uh, those are conversations that are underway right now. So the more the, the league goes beyond 20 games, um, you're going to see less and less of the, the marquee non-conference games, in my opinion, just because, you know, every team wants to have, you know, some of those mid-major, low-major home games, you know, not only to, to generate some revenue, but also to, you know, 
help them, you know, work out kinks and prepare for, for the, the conference grind. So it'll be interesting to see, but from a fan perspective, there, there's no doubt Indiana Louisville is a game you want to see every year. Indiana, Kentucky as well. Um, you know, I was always a fan of the, uh, Crossroads classic, getting to see, uh, Butler and Notre Dame every year, but you saw what happened with that as well. So there's just a lot of dynamics at play there, but there, there's no doubt. I think if you're, if you're an administrator or if you're, uh, you know, someone who cares about college basketball, I think you want to try to do the best you can to uh, give the fans those kind of games as, as often as you can. Talking to Mike Schumann. Mike, let's close with this. What what do you have to say as the guy that knows this IU team and covers it daily, writes about it daily? What do you have to say to the IU fans listening today that are absolutely panicking about where this team is at right now? Yeah, I, I don't I don't feel the same panic. I, I understand it. Um, but but he, he, if I could say anything, it, it would be this. If you look back to Mike Woodson's first two seasons at Indiana, um, obviously far from perfect, um, but both NCAA tournament teams. But they only made the tournament uh, the first year because they figured things out midseason. And if you remember, they they were out of the tournament in February uh, of that year. And, um, you know, they, they really made a late-season run, especially in the Big Ten tournament. Xavier Johnson improved significantly down the stretch of that season. And then last year, you know, Johnson got hurt. Uh, I think they lost several games in a row um, in, in early January, also struggled in, in those games in December against uh, Arizona and Kansas. It looked like a team going absolutely nowhere. Wouldn't have been a surprise at all if that team didn't make the NCAA tournament, you know, if you just hit pause in, in early January. But they figured things out again. And, and Woodson, you know, really helped Trace Jackson Davis turn a corner. Jalen hood Shafino improved significantly. But I think while, while – I think any uh, any observer can look at what's going on and have legitimate concerns. I, I don't think it's time to panic. I, I think there's enough pieces there that you think if they if they hit the right buttons, they they can work it out. But I think it all, in my opinion, right now, it all starts and stops with with people stepping up and making threes because that is just the absolute glaring issue. Absolutely, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, thedailyhoosier.com. Always enjoy it, Mike. Have a great Thanksgiving, and thank you so much for being with us on Tuesdays. You do the same, Matt. All right, we'll head to a commercial break. couple texts from the Thornton's text line as we head to break. Texter says, just want to give a shout-out to high school basketball. I have a grandson playing for South Central and a nephew playing for New Washington. Well, good luck to both of those teams. We don't talk a lot about the Rebels or the Mustangs, but those are two great schools in southern Indiana. A lot of connections down at South Central. My father is a school teacher there for a number of years. So a great place, I think, of the Shanes and uh, so many other great players, especially some years back with that program. But good luck to your family this year. And that's a great 1A sectional matchup as well when South Central and New Washington play these days in the class basketball era. So good luck to them. Also, Texter said, where did you say the location was for Floyd Central and Silver Creek? I'm going to pull it up to make sure I'm telling you correct, but the Floyd Central game is at Silver Creek tonight, 7.30 varsity start. 
One other message I've had, and I've had this a lot lately, who is this eighth grade player at Scribner Middle School? Um, his name is Noah Washington. Uh, he can dunk. He is really good. People have uh, asked me to compare him as an eighth grader or a middle school schooler to Romeo Langford. Definitely a little bit of a different player, but Noah is really good. He has a chance to be one of the best to come out of this area, maybe since Romeo Langford. But he is extremely talented, and as things stand now, his body is growing, his development of the game and skills is growing, and he has an absolute chance or great chance to be a really big college prospect here in the area so noel washington scribner middle school he might be the next big thing here in basketball i know a lot of people hear rumblings or rumors and don't get out to the middle school games but uh, he is really good so uh, if you get a chance get out and see scribner and uh, we'll see how things come together over the next few years for him but he does have a, a chance for sure to be an exciting player his brother by the way was caleb washington who is playing small college basketball now and graduated from the Floyd Central program. So I uh, wanted to mention Noah today as well. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back to talk more high school basketball. Sharon Wilkerson, the coach of the Red Devils, former IU Hoosier. We'll talk about Bob Knight. We'll talk about the Red Devils this year and a lot more. Stay with us here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back on this Tuesday edition of the show. Sharon Wilkerson, head coach of the Jeffersonville Red Devils with us. I guess technically high school boys basketball games could be played last night. I think there was maybe one game in our immediate area, Austin and Crothersville. But tonight, a number of games. And this weekend, especially Saturday, some really big games. Providence at Brownstown and the Red Devils that Coach Wilkerson leads. They will take on Indianapolis Cathedral Coach, happy Thanksgiving. It's always great to have you with us. Before we get into the Red Devils, uh, since we have spoken, at least on air last, uh, Coach Bob Knight passed. And I know that was something tough for you, and you had a really nice statement that you put out uh, after Coach Knight's passing to summarize the relationship you guys had and what he meant to you. But, Sharon, I'd be remiss if I didn't open up with Coach Knight for just a moment. No, Matt. He, uh, Coach Knight, transcended uh, transcended college college sports. He uh, he touched so many lives outside of outside of basketball. In fact, he touched a lot of lives outside his profession. And I think uh, a very close friend of mine, uh, Coach Perry Hunter, uh, I had a conversation with him, and, and he made such a great point. I think Coach Knight he he impacted people that he never even met, and I think j- just that in itself, as as Coach Hunter stated, I think that puts in perspective. Uh, the impact that he ha- that he had on people's lives, uh, and and I I think that that is uh, I think that's the ultimate purpose while we're here, and uh, I definitely think Coach Knight lived up to that uh, to that standard. Coach, I want to get to the Red Devils in a second, but 
you know, I, I think most people know this. You've shared this before with us, but you really had an opportunity a little later in life to reconnect with Coach Knight and actually get to spend some time with him. Can you just kind of summarize some of that and how neat it was after your time at IU to come back and, and really rekindle things with Bob Knight? So I, I think one of the things that, that, that his philosophy or, or one of the things I think people should know about his philosophy uh, coach used to always say, I'll be your friend when you're done playing for me. And, and at the time, as a player, and, and I, I would definitely probably speak for other players as well, man, it's it's probably really difficult to grasp that as you're playing for him. Uh, and, and I will be honest with you, it, it fully didn't set in until you fast forward 25 years later when I, when I was done playing for him and I had the opportunity uh, to spend time with Bobby. You know, Bobby was different than Coach. And I think that there's a lot of people or there's few people that had an opportunity to, to, to see that side. Uh, and I was one of the, the fortunate ones to, to be able to see that side. And, you know, Bobby is different than Coach. Uh, Bobby is understanding. Uh, Bobby is uh, very communicative. Uh, Bobby is uh, a mentor. Uh, it's different than Coach Knight. I mean, man, and I mean that with all the, all the utmost respect uh, that, that you could possibly give. Uh, but it was different. And, uh, and, and I was so fortunate uh, to have it come full circle. Uh, because it meant so much to me from, from a personal perspective. Absolutely, Sharon Wilkerson. We could spend so much time talking about your experiences and your time with Coach Knight, but I do want to get to the Red Devils you're leading here into the season. Uh, Sharon, I know you're excited about this team. Uh, it's a team with a lot of talent, guys that you've had a chance to work with now, and uh, guys getting some college interest. There's a lot of positives about Jeff basketball right now. So Matt, Matt, we we feel like we have uh, we we feel like we have we have grown um, since taking over uh, the program last year. Uh, we feel like our our student athletes has has embraced all the challenges uh, from a standpoint of first uh, being good good people in the community, uh, and then secondly uh, embracing the challenges in the classroom, uh, and then thirdly uh, embracing the challenges that we've that we've put on them from a from a student athlete standpoint, uh, and and hopefully you know sometimes it's difficult to see the growth when, when you're in the trenches every day and you're doing the work and you're trying to make sure that the program is moving in the right direction uh, but but I truly feel like this is this is a very exciting time for, for our team and our program and I kind of feel like the the, the student athletes actually they feel uh, they feel the progression and, and it's really nice to be able to get your reward while you're traveling the path and that, that very rarely happens uh, but this is a unique situation man so we we've been blessed from that aspect. Sharon Wilkerson of Jeffersonville, my guest. Coach, I know that you have always preached you'll take on all comers, and that doesn't matter uh, whether it was you as a player, you as a coach, um, in the summer, in the regular season, and uh, you're taking on Indianapolis Cathedral on their home court. It's second year for that game. Uh, you're going to open up with this talented Jeff team out of the gate against some top competition to find out where you stand. No, Matt. I, I think it's interesting. You know, I've, I've had some I've had some questions about our scheduling, and and it's uh, you know I, I think the schedule is geared towards what you want to accomplish at the end of the season, right? I think that if you are in a position with your program and you are trying to win a sectional or a regional, I think that preparation looks completely different when you're trying to prepare for a semi-state or a state run, if that makes sense. So in in doing that, I think. Uh, no, when you're trying to make a state run, I think that you have to put into the equation uh, what it takes to perform under the lights and what it takes to perform uh, when it's packed with pressure. And I think the best way to deal with that is to face it 
and the more times you face it, it becomes the norm. So now it's not as overwhelming uh, as it would be if you've only faced it once or twice. So that's kind of the mindset that we've had and the approach that we've taken in building the schedule. Uh, and I think uh, the, the other piece is, is you know, our senior year, it's going to be a, a laden, uh, heavy home schedule. Uh, in addition to, we, we hope to be able to get an invite to the Hall of Fame. So their senior year is going to be very rewarding uh, from a community aspect uh, because right now, you know, we're, we're in the middle of, you know, we're in the middle of trying to solidify uh, our position within the, the, the top tier uh, programs in the state of Indiana. Sharon Wilkerson, head coach of Jeffersonville. Coach, you've got a bullseye here in Clark and Floyd County and probably beyond that for sure because of some of the talent you have on this team. Uh, all of your guys, so many of them, I should say, uh, played high-level travel ball this offseason, had a lot of great opportunities there. And then in the month of June, you guys tried to get them in front of some college coaches and take on good competition as well as a Jeff team to get ready for the season. But, uh, you know, kind of take us through, uh, and I hate to single guys out, but obviously Big Trey is someone that I think we're all very interested in, Trey Singleton, um, as far as his development, his recruitment. So maybe take us through where things stand with him heading into the season and what level of a college player he is now and who he's hearing from and maybe where he could project at for the future. No, man, that's a great question. I, I will tell you, let me start off like this. Towards the, at the end of the season last year, our, our focus immediately turned uh, to an exposure uh, perspective. Hey, man, as you said, we, we've got some really good kids. We've got some really good players uh, here that has made a really good name for themselves locally. Uh, but at the time, uh, we kind of felt that they needed to be exposed on a national level. Uh, and it, it actually was a blessing in disguise because it, it, it gave us the opportunity uh, to place with some of our guys with Indiana Elite, which, as you know, uh, is one of the most recognizable AAU programs in the Midwest. So that immediately uh, put us in a position where we were going to be able to play in front of the college coaches. And obviously that was April and May. So in addition to not only uh, singling out our development and our individual development, uh, while we were also doing that, they were being seen by the college coaches. So then you flip to the month of June, and in April and May, we had already had a name for ourselves. So then in the month of June, we was on the radar. So that afforded us another opportunity uh, to continue to, to play in front of college coaches and be evaluated. And then you move into uh, what we consider to be the preseason. And due to the, to the college recruiting calendar, uh, these guys was able to come in and see us uh, in, the months of, uh, in the months of October uh, and November specifically. I mean, man, which gave us another opportunity to, to play in front of college coaches. Uh, so, man, we've, we've kind of built this kind of built this momentum, if you will, uh, for, from a standpoint of starting uh, four sophomores, uh, young. I mean, man, it, it exposing them to, to what we consider to be the, the top tier, uh, top tier competition in the state of Indiana. Then you fast forward a year later, we, we feel like we have uh, feel like that we've we've earned some things and we still got a few things to earn. Uh, but we've we've grown exponentially and we're really looking forward to getting started. Have you back to talk more, but uh, good luck to start the season. Excited to see the Red Devils and what they can get done here in southern Indiana. Matt, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's always an honor to uh, to come on and, and talk basketball with you, my friend. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's always good. Always enjoy it. Happy Thanksgiving to Sharon, and uh, thanks to all the listeners. Appreciate you guys. Back with you tomorrow to uh, do one final show before the Thanksgiving holiday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Mm-hmm.